My next guest is an author, speaker, coach, the president and co-founder of Unleashed Possibilities. He was a successful radio host and a top-ranked basketball coach in his home country, Burundi. Please welcome to the show, Patrick Bizendavi. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Kareem. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really I'm good, and I'm so happy to be with you on the show. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's been a long time since we've spoken. Wow, it's a very long time. I don't yeah. even remember when, but I know it's, it's, gonna, it's, it's a long time, yes. Yeah, I've bumped into you a few times when I was working downtown in the, yes. the whole TTC underground path sort of uh, system. Yes. But uh, it's been a while, and, and I still remember your smile. <laughs> that, I, that, I, that I can see now through Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. And well, I still remember your jokes. <laughs> good ones? Yeah, good ones, yes. Oh, yeah. My, my son now calls them dad jokes, so they're not funny anymore. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I knew this before, but you're a basketball coach in Burundi. Yes. And I know you've covered um, basketball. Was it maybe for 105.4? Yeah. Uh, do you mean here in Toronto? Yeah. Yes. It's a French, yeah. uh, I was Media. doing it for a French radio station. Last nice. season and and uh, what a season it was. Yeah. Uh, well, listen. Let's. Um, you know, the whole world uh, is talking uh, or has been talking the past couple of days uh, about Kobe Bryant. You know, you as a former coach uh, and as a, a former uh, media person that that has covered basketball, uh, the NBA, the Raptors uh, here in Canada. Um, do you have any sort of thoughts on uh, the legacy of Kobe Bryant? Oh, um, I was, uh, I, first of all, when I heard the news, I thought it was not true. I, I couldn't believe it was true uh, until uh, I saw it on ESPN and I knew, you know, that ESPN cannot write anything that is not true. Because otherwise, I couldn't believe it. And Kobe Bryant and even, you, you see the impact of Kobe Bryant now. But for those of us who've been following the, the NBA, uh, yeah. we knew. We knew what is the impact of Kobe Bryant. And for me, uh, growing up, um, Michael Jordan was uh, my idol. And, you know, like everybody, I want to be like Mike. And yeah. Kobe Bryant is the, the closest player I could tell uh, that was close to what Michael was. And... Um, I was uh, I've been obsessed with anything that Kobe does uh, in, in terms of basketball, in terms of a project that he did after his basketball career. And for me, uh, talking about uh, Kobe Bryant, it was his his intense and uh, amazing work ethic. Um, somebody who, talent-wise, uh, he was very talented, but. Um, Working on the craft, I don't think anybody uh, was close to what he was doing. He was obsessively working hard, and after his basketball career, he transferred the same skills into uh, business, uh, storytelling, uh, being a father. And for me, um, he, I could uh, see as something that I could aspire to do in terms of excellence. 
and that's the whole world is is discovering right now. And as I, I was reflecting on on the news, it reminded me of the Dream Team, uh, 1992 yeah. Dream Team with uh, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, and, uh, that took the whole the entire world by storm. And for us, uh, I've been following the NBA more than 35 years. Wow. And growing up uh, in Burundi, uh, basketball was not a thing. Um, it was just soccer, and that was it. Few of us knew about the, the NBA. We knew about Michael Jordan, uh, uh, Larry Bird, and all those guys. And then when, uh, 1992, with the Dream Team, the entire world uh, got to know all those players. I was like, where have you been? <laughs> where have you been? I've been watching these guys for a long time. I know uh, what they stand for. And it's the same thing that is happening right now. People are discovering uh, Kobe Bryant. And I'm like, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. I've been following this guy for a long time. And, uh, you know, too bad that when I was covering the Raptors last year, he, he was not playing. That would mm -hmm. be uh, an honor just to watch him play um, the Raptors. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's a huge loss for the world in general and the basketball in particular. Yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit, but I want to stay with basketball. Because last year we had a MVP that, uh, you know, yes, he's from Greece, but African. And you had the, um, you had Pascal Siakam as well, who won uh, most improved player from Africa. Um there's a there's a shift there's a change happening um you know as, as somebody who has has coached there that is that is from africa um what are your thoughts on where basketball is going oh i think uh for african players basketball play is just only the beginning you know uh for you know when we we're young the only people we knew was you know, Dikembe Mutombo and Hakim Olajuwon. Yeah. But now, um, Africa is taking the ENBA by the storm. Uh, you, you know, you didn't mention uh, uh, Joel Embiid, what he's doing That's with right. Philly. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And that's only the beginning. And, and uh, somebody like Masai Ujiri, who is the president of uh -huh. the Toronto Raptors, has been doing basketball camps um, in Africa for a while. He knows that. He knows that because he's seen the talent. Now we can see... Um, what what the African players can do. And mind you, uh, Hakim Olajuwon started playing basketball when he was uh -huh. like seven, 17 years old. Same thing with Pascal Siakam. Uh, can you imagine if they have started like when they're 11 or 12? Uh, which means that uh, Africa is a gold mine. It's a gold mine. And I got a chance to, to do a basketball camp last summer. I brought a coach from Washington, D.C., to Burundi, uh -huh. where we did um, a basketball camp for youth for a, a week and a half. You he just so, did, you did this just so last amazed. year. Last year, yeah, last oh, summer. So you, you went back to Burundi. Yeah, well, yeah, I was back to Burundi last summer. Uh, you know, doing a basketball camp. Wow. And uh, it's a door that opened because of the work I did with the Raptors. I got to meet so many people, including a coach um, who is now uh, he's been in uh, in, uh, in in Washington D.C. And we were both invited to talk about African basketball on the, on the radio, Voice of America. And when they read his bio, I said, no, no way. I have, I have to meet this guy. 
<laughs> he he is uh, he's been working uh, for over 30 years in, in in terms of basketball and he brought hundreds of young african kids into the the, the ncaa in the us and and uh, some of them became professionals including luke mbamute from cameroon so luke mbamute is the one who discovered pascal siakam and joe Embiid. so the, <laughs> Uh, you know, see how the connection is. And I say, you know what, I need to talk to this guy. So I talked to him and uh, my first phone call with him lasts about three hours. He just, at that time, he, he just finished a camp in Zimbabwe when he brought Luke Mbamute and Trevor Ariza. Uh, and then I say, hey man, I would like to bring you to Burundi. I know there is a need into what you're doing. Are you, are you available to come? And wow. he said, hey, let, let's do it. And we, do, ah. we, we did it in two months. <laughs> in two months, we put together all the logistics and I uh, worked with the uh, Basketball uh, Federation down in Burundi and we flew there. So we did. And he was so amazed of the people he saw there. People who don't even play basketball, just passing on the street, he goes, oh my goodness, that guy is a basketball player. But they never touched the ball. So that's, that's what I'm saying about Africa. So many people... Are, you know, they are talented, they have the, the, the height, but they never touch a ball. So that's why Masai saw this and I said, hey, this is a gold mine. Let me work on it. So he's been doing that with the Giants of Africa. And yeah, this is only the beginning, really. It's only the beginning. Wow. And had you been back to Burundi before this past year? Like, do you, do you go there often? No, the, um, before last year, I think the last time I went there, it was 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I went there. I was I was going to see my family and getting married. So, oh, uh, wow. uh, I, I I was supposed to be there for one month. I ended up staying there for five months uh, because okay. I saw there was a need in terms of um, the skills that I had that could help. So I ended up yeah. working with uh, different organizations, different projects. Uh, so that's why I stayed for five months because what I gained here in terms of knowledge. Yeah, in terms of empowering organizations, um, I, I thought I could share that with different organizations. So I ended up working with so many organizations when I was there in 2011, and I knew I would come back uh, not just as, as you know uh, visiting, but I, I knew one day uh, I would come just to to empower the, the 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 youth. And then last year everything happened, and me covering the Raptors and getting all the connections, I ended up going there. So. And I'm, I'm working on going back there this summer again. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. It that is. is. So listen, I'm, I'm really curious. Um, was it easy for you to go back? Because leaving Burundi, it, it sounded like it was, you know, you were escaping. Um, how, how difficult was it for you to go back? Uh, it was, you know, I've been... I've been in Toronto, in Canada, uh, for the last 18 years. So when I came to Canada in 2002, it's true I was escaping because yeah. the situation down there was really, really bad. Um, uh, since 1993, there have been uh, shootings, people dying, and, and uh, many people, even North America, didn't even know what was going on down there. Sure. Uh, but the thing is, we got we got used to it. Um, we got used to it. It was uh, life as usual. But something happened in two thousand and one when I knew 
um, I had to go. I had to go because um, I, I tried my best at that time just to uh, not to think about what was happening because I was all the time playing basketball, coaching basketball, doing radio. I just ignore all the news um, so that I can focus on my passions. But when it started getting close to me, uh, mm. it, I, I knew back then if I get a chance to to leave, I will leave. Um, but the situation is not 100% like safe now, but it's way better than uh, what it was in 2002 when I left. Because the, la the last time I went there last summer, I spent two weeks uh, down there. I, ha I didn't hear any shootings. Um, um, I, it was safe to go here and there, which was not the case in 2002 when I left. Mm -hmm. So in that area, I, I, I would say there has been improvement, even though uh, I know um, uh, it's not 100% safe. You know, when you, you read the news, you see things happening here and there. Yeah. But um, as a son of Burundi, I feel that I have found mm. my way of making a difference using basketball. Yeah, that is awesome. You were born in Burundi? That's home? Yes, that's tell home. Me, tell me about your childhood. Like, how was it there? Oh, uh, it, it, Burundi, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, I was saying to a friend of mine here that there was a whole generation of people who were born um, after 1993 all they know is war. Yeah. But oh, wow. for, for many of us who were born prior to that, it was heaven, man. I'm telling you, it was like a <laughs> beautiful country. You know, when we heard about war, it was not us, it was other people. Um, we grew up like, you know, like other African kids. I played soccer, uh, sports, it was part of my, my life. And um, I, I remember going to watch my favorite soccer team train in the rain. It was raining, but I, I didn't care. I, I just wanted to see my idols. And um, so it was really nice. And the country was amazing. You could go anywhere you want. And and um, social life, community life is unbelievable. And and people from Burundi, Africa in general, they are, they are welcoming people. If you are yeah. a guest, you come to Burundi, you don't want to go home because it's home. And um, we, we grew up in, a, in, a, in an environment when when my neighbor is cooking, I can go, their lunch is my lunch, you know. Um, sleepovers, my, I have a daughter, seven years old, for him, sleepover, it's an event. For us, sleepover, just, yeah, I go there and I sit there, spend a week, man. It's just, his house is my house. So that's... Uh, that's how it was, you know, growing up and then um, high school. Uh, it, it was just when I started high school, I was introduced to, to basketball. And it was it was an, an amazing feeling just to experience the sports. And, and then we started watching on VHS tapes, you know, all-star games. And I've been watching NBA finals uh, since... 1991. I have never missed any NBA finals. Oh my since goodness. 1991. The NBA in general, I started wa watching the NBA in 1985. Uh, you know, VHS, but finals, 1991, and never, never looked back. <laughs> and, and, and last year, I got to experience myself uh, the NBA finals, like live reporting on the radio, uh, talking about Dream Come True. Uh, it's something that I will never forget. That is that is amazing. 
Um, for people that don't know where Burundi is, you know, go onto your, uh, go onto a website, go go onto your search engine, go check it out, um, and, and to understand, you know, sort of what. You know, people go here. You know, people who live here like to go down to the Caribbean. Uh, Burundi, correct me if I'm wrong. I've never been there, but I've been to Uganda. I've been to Kenya. I've been to Tanzania. Um, and the climate, uh, in, I remember being in Kampala, is, it's, it's perfect. Oh. It's like it's right by the equator and it's perfect. And Uganda All year long. All year long. All year long. Yes. It's, it's not too hot. I don't know if it ever gets cold, but it, you don't feel hot. You just feel, you just feel, you know, you say it's, it's beautiful. Really beautiful. The only yeah. thing that I didn't like for mm-hmm. me, it was rain. Uh, okay. Only, only because we didn't have indoor basketball court. <laughs> ah, That's the only thing that, I said, oh, only- <laughs> can it rain only at night? Only so at I night. can play basketball because, but the, that's the only thing that, uh, I mean, I remember getting mad about the weather, but but it's perfect. <laughs> I mean, Burundi, it's a little bit south south of Rwanda, west of Tanzania, east of Congo. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a beautiful lake, and and uh, the, the weather is perfect. I mean, and people are amazing. And uh, it's just, for me, when people plan vacations and they say, we're going to go to the Caribbean, I never dreamt about going to um, Caribbean in those places my dreams go back to burundi and what i I will say to you kareem i've been in canada for almost 18 years i can tell you that every time i dream at night yeah i'm in burundi i can dream about friends uh, who are here with me in toronto but in my dreams we are together in burundi it's just I, i i and for me i'm like wow I never dreamt about here. I've been, I mean, 18 years in Canada, not only, only once. Mm-hmm. Every time I dream at night, I am in Burundi. I, I could dream about, you know, it, I remember last, last summer I dreamed about Kawhi and Masai because I was watching those games. Yeah. I'm telling you, Kareem, I was with Kawhi and Masai in Burundi. That's crazy. That's how crazy it is, man. It, it's just... I feel I belong there. How how old were you when things started to to get violent in Burundi, and and why and, and what was happening there? So what happened? Uh, it was um, the first time it was 1993. Uh, it was uh, I was uh, at the campus. I was on uh, my second year at the university. Uh, I was playing. Um, for the university team, the basketball uh, university team. And wow. then we, we used to have summer camps, mm-hmm. um, basketball camps for, for a team where we spent an entire summer training for the season. So we were, uh, it was in October, and we were about to finish the camp. And one night, we, I heard like gun shooting, like a gun and, and a big gun, like it's huge. And I talked to my roommate, I, think, I said, Oh, I think they are shooting. But mind you, before that, we have never heard any gunshot before. Yeah. Except in the movies. And, and my friend was like, no, 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 I don't think it's a gunshot. Maybe it's, <coughs> it's going to rain. I said, no, man, they are shooting. So it, only in the morning when we, we listened to the radio, we, we heard what happened. 
So what happened prior to, to October, in June, there were the first ever elections in, in Burundi. And the president that got elected in June yeah. got killed in, in October. Mm. And then when that thing happened, the entire country went into a mess. I mean, it was massive killings that started in the villages. But where we were in the, in the capital city, we didn't fear that. But we started getting phone calls of grandmothers getting killed and uncles getting killed. And I'm like, wow. So we ended up wow. staying at the campus uh, for until maybe December because we couldn't go. We couldn't go anywhere. And then 1994, it got close to us. It got, it got close to the capital city. And it, I remember the first time, the very first time, 1994, I heard a gunshot. It was like miles and miles away from home. Yeah. But I knew it was in capital city. I ran and, and into my, my home and hide because it was my, the first time. And three years later, I knew I became, I was like a soldier because I, I could hear a gunshot and I could tell you if it is closer or not because we got used to that. And it's, it's, it's crazy. And I remember hearing gunshots at the night until the morning. And then the next day we go to school like nothing happened. It's huh. it's ridiculous, man. It's now looking looking back, I'm like, wow, you know, getting used to the war and um, you know, I <coughs> excuse me, I remember uh, my mom's sadness when she heard that her mom was killed. She oh was my. she was like 95, 95 years old. Yeah. And then see the sadness on my mom's face, and uh, it was it was it was crazy. And that went went on until maybe 2005, uh, from 1993 to 2005. But I left before the ceasefire, before they they stopped uh, the, the the killings. I left in 19 in 2002, uh, and then the first time, the very first time I went back was six years later when I knew it was safe to go uh, a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. So I, I went there and saw my mom for the first time and um, it was very emotional. Uh, you know, I, I, I spent three weeks there and I knew, um, you know, when you've been here, um, Karim, you remember uh, at, that, at that time, you and I were part of uh, an amazing training program that changed uh, the perspective, how we think and then with that mindset, I went down there and I, I, I saw the change that need to be done. And, uh, I, you know, I say, you know what, one day I'm going to do something for this country. Yeah. And just to let you know that during the war, I was um, I was one of the, you know, the, the, be the best basketball coaches at that time, really, because my time, my, my team was winning. And at that time, we got money. Uh, from the, the French embassy to do a basketball camp uh, for the youth uh, in the capital city for two years. Well, so sorry, the, what year? It, what year was this again? Uh, it was uh, the, it was in 1998, 1999. Okay, so you're, you're still in Burundi. Okay, yeah, I'm, I was still in Burundi. Yeah, yeah. So we got the money uh, to to run those camps, and they they put me in charge of those camps at that time. So we trained over a thousand kids uh, during summer, um, 
thanks to that project. And I was uh, the project manager of that camp. I was training the coaches, put them in different areas of the city, and I, I would supervise the work that they were doing on, on the ground. Yeah. Then I remember, uh, uh, because of the war, there were part of the city that I couldn't go. There was no way I could go because uh, if I go there, I, I would get killed. Because the zones have been separated in a way that one, one zone belonged to one ethnic group, another zone belonged to another. So there was no way I could go to that zone. But mm. because I was supervising the basketball camp, I went there. And then wow. every time they saw me, they were like, hey, coach, how are you? I, I, like basketball for me was the key to get into those areas that I couldn't go otherwise. Yeah. That's when I knew that sports, it's amazing into, you know, people's lives. And, and later on, I got to watch a movie, uh, Invictus, about Nelson Mandela, how he worked to get the South African uh, together through sports. It was yeah. rugby. And I knew, watching that movie, I knew the feeling because I, I have experienced that in, in, in my country where I could go anywhere because of the heart that I had of basketball coach. So we ran the program for two years, and then from those camps, we had the new teams, and later on, I was part of the, the, the national team that went to play in African competition. It, it, was, it was an amazing feeling just to be part of a change, even though it was not that big at that time. Yeah. So now, me being here, getting huh. access to, to the NBA and Maasai and all those people, I say, you know what, I, I will do whatever it takes to bring those people to Burundi so that we can we can work to bring that change. I, I think that's now my mission, really, to use basketball as an agent of change. That's amazing. Um, so at what time or what was happening where you said to yourself, because, you know, you're, you're, you're coaching basketball, you're seeing it as a, as a power of, uh, you know, you're seeing the influence that it has on bringing people together. Um, I, I, what, what was happening where you basically took a look in the mirror and said, I got to go. I can't stay here any longer. Uh, it, came, it came really suddenly because I never thought I, um, I would leave the country. Never. I would say, mm -hmm. hey, my, my, my place is here. And then I was coaching, I was coaching um, a ladies team. Mm -hmm. uh, and then every year, um, every year, the, you know, we will lose players either because they left the country or they went to um, study abroad. <clears throat> and then one day in 2001, we lost our best player. She was like the best player in the country. And she left. And then for me, it was like, what am I doing here? Because every time players will leave and then I will start from scratch again. Mm -hmm. And then I start, hey man, I, you know, I started losing passion. But I, say, I said, okay, no problem. And then 2001, I got a chance to go to France. Um, part of uh, my basketball journey, I was invited to France to share what I was doing to, in Burundi. But I never felt that I could stay here. 
Um, I, I came back to Burundi and people were like, are you crazy? You see all these shootings and you get a chance to leave and then you come back? I was like, uh -huh. yeah, I, I belong here. But the moment, um, I think at, at that time, our team got so big and then people from across the city would come and train in our team. I ended up coaching two daughters of the president of the country at that time. They were playing in my team. I went yeah. even to the palace twice. And then one day we were just practicing and you know we, we were used to seeing security around because these are the president's daughters. Um, we were used to see them around, but that particular day they came and they took her and said, okay, we need to go right now. So uh -huh. they left. I didn't know what was happening, but it turned out that the president had left the country, uh, went to Gabon at that, at that time. Okay. And then some group of, uh, you know, the military decided to do a coup. <coughs> and I didn't know because I didn't listen to the radio. I was just on the basketball court. But I had to go to work in the evening. And then I got to my radio station. There were military everywhere, soldiers with guns everywhere. And then uh, they say, you cannot get in. <coughs> Excuse me. Where is, where is your, your, your press pass? So I show my, my pass. So yeah. I got into the radio. And at that time, the national radio was taken by the, the, the group of military. We were the only radio broadcasting in the entire country. So I was on a microphone doing my show. And there were three soldiers just in front of me with guns. <laughs> and I say, this is not right. <laughs> this is not now he came home really he, I, I said something need to change and, and at that time that's when i thought i started saying you know what an opportunity whatever opportunity i get to leave i will go so down the road i got to meet uh, a canadian lady who was uh -huh. uh, in burundi uh for work and then she happened to be uh, a friend of my best friend, uh, my childhood friend, who was uh, now in Canada, and he was doing, he was living the dream because as kids we wanted we wanted to work in the media, and my friend <coughs> was living the dream, working for CBC and different projects. So long story short, I got connected to him, and then we got this idea of doing a project together. When I brought Canadian journalists to Burundi to do a series of trainings. Um, and as, a, as a, an exchange program between the radio, they will call me later to come to Canada. Yeah. And then six months after the project, I got invited to come. Uh, but a, a day before I left, I had to call my boss at, at the radio station, my, my supervisor. Uh, oh man, I will never forget that day. It was around four o'clock. I got on the phone, called my supervisor and I said, Hey, I just wanted to let you know uh, that I'm leaving tomorrow. And then uh, just, you know, a courtesy call. I'm, 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 and he, he said, uh, are you coming back? I said, I, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I don't know. I will see. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Then we hung up the phone. He said, hey, uh, good luck. And then by the time we hung up the phone, I heard gunshot. Like not far from where I was. And I was like, okay, yeah. Life, life as usual, you know. But what I didn't know was that the gunshots were aimed at him and his son. They were in the car, 
and then he got killed with his son. Your boss. And my boss, yeah, my supervisor, yes. And later on at, at eight o'clock news, it's where I heard the news that the four o'clock shootings were aimed at him and his son. I have no idea why he was killed. I don't know. But at that time, I knew there was no way I would go back. I knew it. So I have. Uh, wow. <clears throat> it was heartbreaking, man. It was heartbreaking. And I, just to, you know, a co-worker, I mean, your supervisor got killed like t five minutes after you, you talked to him. And it, it's scary. So I left. I took the, you know, I left. And uh, at that time, uh, I went to Montreal. Uh, but I knew that I wanted to go to Toronto. Uh, because of the Raptors, Toronto Raptors. I've been following them for, for years. Uh, so a week in, in, in Montreal, uh, I said to my friend, I, you know, I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, I'm going to Toronto um, uh, mainly because uh, of the Raptors, but again, because of English. I was yeah. an English teacher back home. So yeah. I say myself as a bilingual, I would get uh, better options in terms of career. Yeah. So I came and with no money, man. I came with sixty dollars in my pocket, and that was my mom, uh, my mom's, you know, savings. And we, you know, came to Toronto, and you know, a friend of mine got got me in her basement for a few weeks, and I say, hey, I got to be independent. But how can you get be independent with sixty dollars in your pocket? What can you do with that? <laughs> yeah. So I ended up um, going there in a in a homeless shelter downtown, when I, where I spent. Whoa. The next, yeah, I was I was in a homeless shelter. When I met you, Kareem, in 2002, I just yeah. left the shelter, really. I, I, when, I, when I met you for the first time, you know, wow, I just crazy. I, yeah, just came really a month out, out of the shelter. Uh, and I remember, uh, you know, going, running for the bed uh, at 6 o'clock and just, you know, uh, because at 8 o'clock in the morning we had to leave and then come back in the evening. And then uh, I spent three months there uh, just, but... Again, for me, it was like, okay, all right, I'm homeless, but um, this is not the end. I knew that someday things will turn. And that my dream, Kareem, my dream was, outside of working in the media, my dream was to go to an NBA game, see Michael Jordan, and then I can live my life happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> so he came to town. Michael Jordan came to town, but I, I was, you know, in, in, a, in a homeless shelter, I couldn't get a ticket, and that was his last game. I'm like, oh, oh my God, oh, I'm going to miss this. And so, uh, you know, later on, I got to watch a game, uh, NBA game. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this, is, this is a dream come true. Never in my entire world, I, I, I thought one day I'd be covering the Raptors, like going, seeing the players, and then they won the finals. I mean, it's only in, in, in movies and books that those stories happen. Who did you leave behind? You, you talked about your mom giving you $60. Who I, did you leave behind when you left? I left. When I left, my mom was there. My, uh, we, my two brothers. I have two young brothers. And, uh, you know, when I was homeless, I didn't tell them I was homeless. Because the idea of Canada, uh, when we are in, in Africa in general, it's, oh, money is everywhere. You know, people sure. are rich. Just they, I couldn't tell them that I was living in a homeless shelter. And, and I, I was just, you know, at that time, we didn't have WhatsApp, you know, I, you know, yeah. you would just email, I would go to the library and email them. And I remember telling my, my, my brother, 
I said, man, this this country is amazing. This is, but never, I never told him that I was I was homeless. And he got this idea that one day I got I got to, to go to Canada. I got to go to Canada because I was telling that was b- before the winter, of course. <laughs> um, and then he got a chance to get a, a scholarship to get his master's in Europe. He went to Belgium, and from there he learned that he could apply to be a permanent resident from Europe. He can come to Canada from there. So he applied and got approved. Now he's been here in Toronto ever uh, since 2006. So we've been together here. Now he's married, two kids. And um, now back home, there is my mom and my, my younger brother, who is also married with two kids. Um, so that's the people I left there. And then my team, uh, my basketball team, which last year they won the championship without me being there. Ah, it's, it's just amazing. That's fantastic. Now, you, you said something about a ceasefire not too long ago. Things, things are better there? Yeah, it was better. Um, uh, starting from 2005, um, it, was, it was better in terms of security. Uh, <coughs> there were not shootings anymore. Yeah. And then what happened in 2015, um, uh, the president, who is the current president right now, um, decided to uh to stay in power saying that you know he got a um, five more years and people were like no 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 the constitution says that you're done uh he said no um so and then people took the things in the streets and then shootings and refugees and, and securities come again um so um i it's been it's been really sad to see what's happening, but I chose to I chose to not get into politics. I, I mean, I, I never talk about politics. I never um, I'm never all my time. I'm thinking, okay, how can I make a difference? How can I make a difference? Regardless of what's going on, how can I make a difference? Mm. So that's the that mindset that brought me to do the basketball camp last year. Just my way of bring the sports to the sports that I love to the country that I love. And, and the, the, the two weeks that we were there, I saw the need and, 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 and I got a chance to, to, uh, to see firsthand what are the needs. And, and now I put together a team here. We are working on uh, working some more projects in Burundi as we speak. I got a chance really, I mean, it was a dream come true. I got a chance to, to meet Masai Ujiri. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I explained to him what, I, what I'm doing, and I, I look up to him as my mentor, even though he doesn't know me, because yeah. I, I, I know what he's doing is, is, is really good. So I got a, I got a, a chance to meet him. Um, he, he, uh, I met him, and uh, we spent almost an hour together <coughs> talking about how we can you know, join forces and work together. So um, I, I, I put together some proposals. I sent it to him. Uh, so um, I'll be working with Masai with, on some projects, uh, which is uh, way beyond what I could dream of. Just working with Masai, and uh, so far it, it's been we've been talking, but nothing concrete, sign. But it's going to a good direction. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for him to give me to give me feedback on on what I suggest to him. But uh, uh, hopefully, very soon he will get back to me and. 
and then we could join forces and, and make a difference in, in Africa and in the African community in general. That's amazing. Obviously, you're not homeless anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. no. And no. I can tell on the Skype call you're, you're not in a library. Nope. <laughs> um, what are you up to these days? Oh, man. Um, I, you know, the, the, the opportunity I got to... Uh, I got yeah, last year to work with, uh, with the Raptors opened so many doors for me. So many doors. <coughs> including, including the job I'm doing right now. I uh, got a chance to... Uh, to work with different media outlets uh, during the, the NBA Finals, uh, which led me to uh, get a job. I, 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 I can tell you, Karim, it's my dream job. Um, I, I work with the French CBC now, uh, mm -hmm. um, and my role is to work in uh, how working with communities. And then on the side of that, how can I uh, use my, my passion uh, of basketball and training to empower other people. So I've been working in the community with uh, church, churches and organizations to empower uh, the community. But, but now, um, when I get a chance to, um, to meet with Maasai, I, I start even to dream bigger. Uh, because when you meet a person like him, he impacts you in so many ways. Uh, and it's funny that uh, with now we're talking about Kobe, and I'm like, wow, I wish, you know, one day when I get to leave this earth, people will say, you know, Patrick made a difference. Uh, yeah. And that's really what is driving me right now. Um, again, um, life change. I have a seven-year-old daughter. And, uh, you know, when you are a parent, things change. I mean, priorities change. And for me, it's just about raising my daughter and be an example for her uh, into... Yeah. Uh, giving and, and making a difference and and uh, I got a chance to get amazing amazing mentors and I would say Karim you are one of them you know um, early in my early years in Canada with the training program that we are part of um, so now my whole life has been about how can I make a difference how, how can I use my passion to make a difference and I, I'm telling you sometimes we do things and without knowing that we are inspiring others. I was just living my dream, really. I was, I was just, being in the finals was for me something amazing. But I didn't know that me being in the NBA finals was an inspiration to an entire country. And I got a chance to... Really? I, I'm telling you, I, uh, this, this is the story. I, I got yeah. to interview Pascal Siakam. Yes. Uh, just before the first game of the NBA Finals. And my question was like, he just, at that time, he just received a letter from the Minister of Sports in Cameroon. And my question was, how, what do you see, do you see yourself, how do you see yourself being an inspiration to your country, to the entire continent, as being one of ours and being the place of you are in the NBA? How do you feel? And he gave this amazing response in French. It was so amazing, it went viral. I mean, it went <laughs> viral. I, I, will, I was receiving articles from newspapers in France that were talking about my interview with, with Pascal Siakam. Nice. And then in the, in, the, in, the, in the French African community, I became the guy who interviewed Pascal Siakam. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this is, I was on, um, we did um, 
a basketball tournament here in Toronto. We bring different sports teams from different cities. And then I remember we were at the reception. A friend of mine came and said, do you know that you are making history? I said, what do you mean? You are the huh. first African Burundian covering the finals. The very first one. I was like, whoa. He said, you know, next time you go to the game, bring yeah. a Burundian flag. Yeah. Take a picture of you with the Burundian flag and send it to the world. You are representing us. I was like, yeah. wow. So I happened to have a, a flag in sure. our home. <clears throat> so I took the flag, went to the arena like an hour before the game. I asked a friend of mine to, took, to take a picture of me with a flag. You know, I, I sent, I put it on social media. He went like crazy. He went like crazy. So when I, I went for my basketball camp in Burundi, when people saw me, yeah. they didn't see Patrick. All of them would say, Raptors, Raptors. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, now, now I am a mini Maasai, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and with the, with the internet, with the media now, people were watching the game. I remember friends texting me during the, the NBA fi finals. Uh, they were saying, hey, man, we, we, we wish... The, the, the Raptors are going to win, and then when they won, <coughs> excuse me, it, it became something amazing. So my life changed, man. My life changed ever since. Now I'm saying, okay, how can, can I use this platform uh, to make a difference? So yeah. um, now the last few weeks I've been writing a project. Um, I'm almost done. A friend of mine is just uh, helping me to finalize the final, the, you know, the, touch, the final touches on how I would like to make an impact using using basketball. That's that's what I'm up to, and of course the media is a passion of mine. And and uh, combining the two, uh, and, uh, plus raising my daughter, and uh, so I got a chance to bring my daughter to Burundi when I went for the camp. Uh -huh. That was the very first time, you know, she saw her grandmother. She saw Burundi. I can tell you, Karim, she didn't want to go home. <laughs> she, she said, "No way, I'm coming back to Toronto. No way." Wait, and wait, said, hey, when did you take her? What month was it that you went? Ah, uh, we went there. It was in August, and you know, okay. summertime, and and she had a blast, man. I'm telling you, with her grandma and uh, you know her you know, cousins, and by the time we came back, she she didn't want to go home. She didn't want to go home, man. And then the winter came, and she said, "No, can we go back, please? Can we go back to Burundi?" <laughs> so it's uh, it's amazing. And then I got a chance to. Uh, to visit Rwanda during my stay in Africa and uh, to see what's happening there with the, the new arena and uh -huh. uh, uh, with uh, NBA Africa that is coming down there. It's just uh, just amazing. That's fantastic. I had no clue we were going to talk basketball at all. I thought, you know, we'll talk a little <coughs> bit of Kobe, but uh, this has been amazing, Patrick. Thank you so much for for, for sharing this this basketball love story of yours. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kareem. I mean, every time there is an opportunity to, to share my passion, and I, I, know, I know you, I know what you're up to, I know the platform you have, and uh, you, you are a person that many people follow, and um, I got a chance to use the old platform to just share, share my passion for, uh, for the game, um, you know, for life itself, and it's, it's been an amazing journey, man. It's been an amazing journey. Listen, if, if people want to find out more about what you're doing and what you're up to, where's the best place for them to go? I, I think 
you can even go Google, just put Patrick Bizindavi, and then you see me on Facebook. All Sometimes right. I, I use Twitter. Uh, I have a website, a personal website. Uh, but for now, I've been really low profile. Man, I'm telling okay. you, I've been low profile because what, right. I'm, what I'm preparing right now, uh, it, it takes all the focus. But uh, I also work with different people. I work with a friend of mine. He's, uh, his name is Noel. He has uh, his. Um, he has a coaching program where he wants to impact uh, 10 million people. And he asked me to be one of the, the, the partners, the coaches. So <clears throat> I've been part of what he's doing since uh, last summer, uh, coaching people to, to, uh, to live their dreams. So mainly um, my, my, outside of my, my job, it's raising my daughter, working with Noel, and then on, on my project, my basketball project, which... I hopefully I'm, I'm crossing fingers. We're gonna launch this uh, this summer. That's awesome, Patrick. This has been a blast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, thank you, Kareem. Anytime, anytime. Thank you so much for the the, the opportunity.